0: the lord will bless here for just a little while we'll try to try to look at some things in his word we talked this morning about uh i'm going to say being dead in trespasses and sins we're going to use a bible terminology uh, to describe the subject this this morning and so uh hopefully that uh that has helped i had looked at some things back some weeks ago so i'm going to just back through some things that that, that I had looked at to, for our services this afternoon, uh, but I want to talk for a little bit, if we can, about unbelief and uh, what uh, how that works and how it doesn't work uh, for you and me. So I think unbelief is talked about a couple of different ways in the scriptures, and uh, and so unlike just like any other sin, uh, you know, if you if you think about this. I'm not sure it's working right, Brother Otto, but we can, we'll can we work on it come next week. Okay. So, anyway, uh, y'all don't mind not seeing my coach pull the tie off and all that stuff too, right? So, anyway, uh, the, uh, in the Scriptures, uh, when, we look at, uh, when we look at unbelief, oh, there's where my brain was going. Okay, so my, in looking at unbelief, if you listen to some people today this uh the the sin of unbelief would almost seem to be a sin that god can 't overcome right i mean you 've got to believe right if you don 't believe okay i mean you know and i 'm not i 'm not trying to be y 'all understand when i when I bring out teach stuff of course, I know who my audience is here this afternoon too uh so i 'm not trying to be critical of uh, because God knows I love. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, yeah. but sometimes if you listen to how things have been presented over the years, you'd almost think unbelief is a sin that God, you know, it's just too much for God to handle. <laughs> almost. So let's let's look at a couple of scriptures, then let's then let's follow up with it on a biblical side of what unbelief means to me and you, okay, and and, and what how that the consequences of that for you and me, okay. And it's not as often presented uh, by people in the world that we live in today. So let's turn over to 2 Timothy. And we'll start in 2 Timothy. Oh uh, Yeah, well, let will start in 2 Timothy because I know where I'm going right there, first of all. So anyway, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, uh, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul, and, I, and since the, the time the, this afternoon, and again, just trying to dive into some places here that make some sense for us this afternoon, Uh, The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 9, uh, chapter 2, verse 9 says, Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer. the Apostle Paul is talking about the fact that, uh, you know, he's preaching Christ. uh, And because of his preaching of Christ, he's suffering trouble. uh, And even being accused as being an evildoer, even unto bonds, Uh, but the word of God is not bound. Hallelujah. Uh, We're thankful today and in Paul's time. The word of God cannot be, you and I cannot prevent the word of God. Uh, We can, uh, you know, people can make up their minds, well, I'm not going to send God's word to this place or that place. Fine, that doesn't hinder God. (laughs) God can still get there without without me and you. And so the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, That they may obtain, there's that word again that we preached on a few weeks ago. The Apostle Paul says, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He does not say, this verse of Scripture does not say that he endures all things in order to save people to Christ. He does, it is saying that he endures all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation. Uh, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You and I uh, <clears throat> might be saved, but not had maybe had not yet obtained that salvation in the hearing of the gospel and in the word coming to us. Paul wanted to endure all things for God's people's sake, for the elect's sake, that they might obtain salvation, not just have it. You know, I'm glad. You know, for all of God's children, I'm glad. That me and you can't hinder God from from doing the work that God determined He would do before the foundation of the world. But while we and just, but I don't want to sit around and God's Word doesn't teach us to sit around. And say, well, God's got it all taken care of, so it don't matter if we go preach the gospel or not. That is not what God's Word teaches. And Paul endured all things for the elect's sake, that people that the elect might obtain that salvation that God had for them. In other words, that they might come to a knowledge of it. Uh, and be blessed in having that knowledge. You and I are blessed today to not only be saved by the blood of... just and justified redeemed in all those words by the blood of Jesus Christ, but you and I are also blessed to know about it. And in the fact that we know what Christ has done for us gives us great consolation. Uh, we can have... Y- 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 y'all forgive me. Y'all, y'all have known me way too long, and I've known y'all way too long, and uh, not... I don't mean that literally, but, <laughs> but I have known y'all so long. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I, as, I, as I look out here, whether, you know, no matter what our families are facing, and I know Sister Loretta's facing, you know, difficult times right now. But, boy, what if she didn't know that she had a hope in Christ Jesus? And what if she didn't know that Tony has a hope in Christ Jesus? And what if she didn't know that regardless, and I say re- you know, just regardless of how it works, you know, we win. You know, and so, uh, so all of those things, you know, regardless of all of our family situations and issues, you know. The peace that comes from knowing that we're children of God and saved by His grace just is a a tremendous comfort to us in our day-to-day lives, okay? And so the Apostle Paul wanted other people to have that too. And he said, so I endure all things for the elect's sake. What did he endure? He endured beatings. He endured shipwreck. He endured imprisonment. He endured persecution. (laughs) When we studied through the book of Acts on Wednesday night back several months, probably last year <laughs> when we went through the book of Acts, we learned how much Paul, uh, how many times he was chased out of town by the local Jews of the local synagogue and flogged and stoned and chased out and run off, you know. And Paul was like, okay, I guess I better go back and check on all them folks again <laughs> after, he'd, after he'd been gone a day or two. So uh, Paul endured a lot of things for God, for the elect's sake. He said, it is a faithful saying, if we be dead with Him, we shall also live with Him. That is a faithful saying. If you died in Christ Jesus, you'll also be raised to, uh, to life in Christ Jesus. And that's both, uh, I'll, I'll say that both not only covers the new birth, it'll also cover uh, going home to be with Him in glory one of these days. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. And I think that's absolutely talking about in a timely sense here, that if we deny Him here, He denies us. I mean... He's a good father. <laughs> he really is. And when we don't act, act like good children, he denies us sometimes what, what we need. You know, the, uh, uh, something was said here not long ago, the, the, the children, you know, and somebody, I think my Brother Adam was saying something about having to tell the boys no, you know. And, you know, you just can't tell them, you just can't give them everything they ask for. I said, That's, that is correct. No good father, including our Heavenly Father, when you think about prayer, gives us everything we ask for. And we can say hallelujah to that because the Father knows what we need more than we know. And so little children, a lot of times, they will ask for things. And you just have to, a good father sometimes will have to say, don't, don't need that, uh, and so forth. And so he says here, if we deny, if we suffer, we shall reign with him. Uh, And I think that suffering is here. Uh, A lot of our sufferings and Paul's sufferings were here. Paul's beatings, Paul's hardships, Paul's long trips, all he suffered, but he also reigned with God. And I'm talking about he reigned in a sense that he reigned right here with him. So if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he'll also deny us. Uh, If we believe not, yet God abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself of these things, and I'll go ahead and read the rest of this because there's a kind of an important place to get this over there. But he says, If we believe not yet, he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Our unbelief does not keep God from accomplishing his eternal purpose in you and me. Right. Okay? That's what this verse is teaching us. God determined to save a people before the foundation of the world, and your unbelief does not defeat God. Okay? If we believe not, he abides faithful. Faithful to who? faithful to himself for one thing because God who cannot lie promised eternal life before the world began so God's promises the word tells us are what yay and amen in other words they're true and very true and so God God cannot lie and so he promised eternal life he promised eternal life not to a general group of folks but to a particular chosen elect family of God that was going to be his, the bride for his son and so he says if we believe not yet he abideth faithful he cannot deny himself of these things put them in remembrance charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit boy have I seen that okay uh, uh, strive about words to no profit but to the subverting of the hearers uh, whew, boy don't even go down that trail right uh, Study to show thyself approved unto God, Timothy, uh, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. You know this getting up and just talking? He said, don't, don't get up and just talk to hear yourself make noise. Uh, be teaching a lesson, Timothy. Study the word. Study to rightly divide the word. Uh, and their word will eat as doth a canker of whom Hymenius and Philetus." Who, concerning the truth of error, he just then went on and gave an example of, of unprofitable teaching and vain babblings. There were those that had t- taught that the resurrection was past already, and in doing that, they overthrew the faith of many. They caused them to think, well, okay, I've missed it. God's, God's come back again, and the resurrection's done happened, and we've missed the boat on this thing. And so uh, he said, these two people, Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection has passed already. And the, the problem with that is they cause many of God's children faith to, to fail along the way. And so what you teach is important. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal the Lord knoweth them that are His, and let not every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from... and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So God's foundation is sure. Uh, his, his, what He has built His family upon, upon the rock of Jesus Christ, upon the sure foundation of the, of the finished work of Jesus Christ, that foundation is sure and cannot be rocked. And uh, as He said, if we believe not... God remains faithful. Let's turn back over to Romans chapter 3. Uh, some of those times, you know, you, you, if you're like me over the years, sometimes you read things and you think, well, it seemed like I've read that somewhere before. Yep, you sure did. over in Romans chapter 3, uh, he, he, has the, uh, he has a similar thought for us. Uh, and on a portion of scripture that I think I preached on earlier this year or late last year sometime as to what advantage then has the Jew. And I'll not go into some long uh, discussion here on this other than say the first couple of chapters of the book of Romans, Paul is convincing the church at Rome that God has a people among both Jew and Gentile and that he's always had a people among the Gentiles. And he says the evidence of that is the fact that the Gentiles do good works uh, out of the things that are written in their heart, not out of those things that are written on tablets of stone, okay? So they have evidence by doing good works that they are children of God. So then he asked the question here in the first of chapter 3, well then what had advantage then hath the Jew? <laughs> if God can write a law in people's hearts and people do good, then what's, what advantage has the Jew had all of these years and having the the word you know the written word of god and the, the commandments and all those things what advantage then hath the jew or what profit is there in circumcision And the Apostle Paul answers his own question. Much in every way, chiefly because unto them were committed the oracles of God. They knew God's word. They weren't just doing good because God had written it. They knew what God expected of them. And they did it then because God expected it. And boy, that that just goes to us today. You'd say, what advantage do we have today uh, if God's already saved his people, has chosen them, God is the blood is shed then what advantage do we have in doing because it pleases God <laughs> and God has revealed it to us what his word teaches so uh, he says for what if some did not believe shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect there is almost the same identical question that Paul asked Timothy in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 uh, for if we, what if for what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged, so uh, let God be true, God is true, and, and let every man that teaches some other doctrine, you know uh, uh, we've got people among our congregation even here today. Uh, that haven't always been raised up in the Primitive Baptist Church. Uh, And so you you come here and say, well, one of the things that people that think they know something about the Primitive Baptist will sometimes say, well, y'all just believe that doctrine that, you know, you can just do whatever you want to because it don't matter anyway. Well, no, that's not what we believe. That's not what we preach, and it's not what we teach, and it's not what God's Word teaches. Uh, And he says, For what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, let God be true, and every man a liar, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying. So in spite of what people might think they know about what we believe. That is not what we teach. Uh, And he says, our unbelief though does not overthrow what faith of God. I believe God had faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And you say, well, well, God knows all things. Yes, but I think in speaking to us, he put it in sometimes in in faith terminology so that you and I could understand that even God had faith in his son. because. Uh, all those saints, and, and I, can almost, I, can, I can give you two examples right now. Uh, let's go to the Mount of Transfiguration in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus goes up on the mountain there. He meets with Moses and Elijah. And that's the place where Jesus kind of peeled back some of his humanity and revealed his glory there to James and John and Peter. And Moses and Elijah were there also. And they were there discussing with him his coming demise. You mean Moses and Elijah knew that Jesus was coming to die? Yes, they knew that. And they were up on that mountain talking with Jesus about that. Uh, And they were already in this transfigured state, if you want to call it. Well, you know what that tells me? Moses and Elijah, just like uh, the Word teaches, when Moses and Elijah died... They went home, their spirit went home to be with the Lord in heaven. All right. Well, you say, how is that possible? Jesus hasn't died for their sins yet. Because God had faith in the work of Jesus Christ and knew it was going to be accomplished. All those Old Testament saints went home to be with him just like the blood had already been shed because God knew it was going to happen that way. Uh, So I think that's part of the beauty of these things. So when it says, uh, what shall we say about their unbelief? Shall it make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. God knew exactly what was what was coming coming down the pike in these circumstances. So, I, I give you those two verses to say, our unbelief doesn't overthrow the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay, but there are can, are and can be consequences to un, unbelief, and unbelief is in some cases. I think about the uh, the man who came to Jesus uh, whose son was sick, uh, and he said, uh, uh, "If thou believest." You know you may have you know this your son may be healed and I'm just kind of paraphrasing it for you uh, and and he says, Lord I believe, help thou my unbelief. Many times what you and I as God's children will happen uh, while we're believers, it's our lack of faith I'll use that word our lack of faith and our unbelief that keeps us from really seeing the great victories that we desire in Christ Jesus now. Don't go out of here, and I know you won't, uh, and I don't want anybody that might hear this somewhere in time to say, Well, Brother Charles is going to preaching that uh, if you just believe and have faith, you can have whatever. No, Charles is not teaching that. Charles doesn't believe that. And I do believe the God Word of God also teaches that our prayers and our faith must be in accord with the will of God and with Scriptures and other things that are taught if we're going to truly see things accomplished, okay? But there are times when what we need is to believe God because God has said some things to us. God told this man, if thou believest, thou mayest, okay, and and that he would have the, the healing of his son. And he says, I believe. Lord, help thou my unbelief. That man had tremendous insight to himself. And sometimes you and I need to have a little, you know, we need insight into ourselves to say, Lord, I believe you. But boy, sometimes what really gets me is when, my, when I fall off over into the ditch of unbelief. And that's, I need to stay more in the faith and belief side of things. And the Bible records for us, it says that Jesus did no great works in where? Nazareth. Why? Because of their unbelief. Uh, he, in fact, it says he could do no great works in Nazareth. In other words, it, you know, and I'll, I'll make sure we think about this. It wasn't like God couldn't have done it. He didn't do it because of their unbelief. Uh, God could have come in and said, well, I'm just going to show them anyway. And he could have. But I think there's a lesson in that for me and you that, uh, that we need to be following after God in belief if we're going to really truly see the blessings that God has for us. And that is taught throughout all of Scripture's. Uh, if, if you think about it. The Bible tells us over in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, he says, My, my arm is not shortened, uh, my ear is not heavy, my arm is not shortened, that I, my ear is not heavy that I cannot hear, nor, nor my arm is shortened that I cannot save, but your iniquities have separated between me and you that he He will not hear. And I may be mixing a couple of verses together. Y'all can go sort that one out for me. Uh, but in other words, God, there's times when God does not hear our prayers, and it's not because he's incapable of hearing. He refuses to hear our prayers because we've let too much sin get in the way between us and him. And he just kind of shuts it down for a little while, okay? Let's us, let's us, uh, uh, let's us see where we are. Uh, this man was concerned about his unbelief overcoming the, the great things of God. And I'll tell you, me and you, you and I need to also have concern that we don't get to living in unbelief instead of belief. And following after the things of God. We know that Jesus did no great miracles in Nazareth because of their unbelief. You know what the problem was? They had seen him grow up. Uh, Now you would think, (laughs) you would almost think knowing how good a kid he had to have been. (laughs) And y'all understand when I use our modern day slang terminology, uh, he had to have been a great great child <laughs> i mean who can imagine somebody that never did anything wrong you know what everybody stayed mad at him all the time i can imagine he was so good the other kids didn't like him and, and i know we know his brothers and sisters didn't like him his uh, up until the time of jesus dying on the cross his own siblings <laughs> His brother, his brother James and others were not... You know, they're not listed in the apostles. They're not listed as the followers. They are listed as uh, among those that really didn't have anything to do with him until they saw him die on the cross and uh, and they saw what he did there. Then James becomes the leader of the New Testament church in Jerusalem, his brother James. So, uh, <clears throat> so even his brothers and sisters kind of had enmity against him. But, man, who... I mean... You know the good kid- he was the good kid <laughs> he was he was the good guy, and so uh while he came about teaching there in Jerusalem, there were no doubt there uh, and it was said didn't he Joseph the carpenter's son? They could not get past their paradigm or their paradox or they could' never get, they couldn't get past what they had seen. They had seen him grow up, they had seen him be the carpenter's son, and so there was just no way they could almost get beyond that and say. This is the Son of God? This is, this is the Messiah that we've been anticipating to come? And so their unbelief in that caused them uh, many problems. Let's turn over to Roma, uh, to Hebrews chapter uh, 3 and 4. And we'll, we'll see there uh, that unbelief, and I'll give you the short version here on a... Sunday afternoon as we're going through some of this but the uh in the third chapter of the book in the third and fourth chapters of the book of Hebrews one of the great lessons there that's being taught is is, as the apostle Paul I think in writing the book of Hebrews goes back and once again talks about I mean have you ever seen these new science fiction movies you know it's kind of well it's kind of like the return uh back to the future you know, everything's and back to the future seemed to rotate around this certain date back in 1955 or whatever it was, you know, there was this seminal date that everything seemed to go around. Well, I'm telling you, a lot of the teaching of God's word seems to rotate around the children of Israel coming out of the land of Egypt and about that that event where they came up to go into the into the Canaan land, Canaan's land. Now that we've been studying about uh, the family of Ham, we understand who Canaan was. Uh, but they were about to go into uh, to Canaan land uh, across cross the Jordan River. Hey, it's not as wide as you think. Uh, and they're about to cross the Jordan River and go into Canaan's land. <clears throat> and they didn't enter in. And the Bible says the reason they didn't enter in was because of unbelief. Now, I have uh, over the years, I have preached on, on this particular part of this on several occasions because what, I, what my contention is, is in their case, and I think I'm correct in this, or I wouldn't be up here teaching. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it wasn't that they didn't believe in God. What they failed to believe was what He told them that day. And that's where me and you sometimes... I think that's Christianity Today, isn't it? I mean, I could write today's magazine for Christianity Today and say... Uh, our problem is that we don't believe in God. How many people of you have seen a poll lately about how many people believe in God in the United States of America? Oh, it's like what? Ninety-something percent of Americans respond that we believe in God, right? Uh, and many of them also, or probably 70 percent of them, they believe that Jesus was the Son of God. It's like, Wow, we are a great Christian nation. We got Well, and compared to the world, we are a great Christian nation, right? Uh, but their problem is they believe in God, but they don't believe God because they don't believe what God's Word teaches and what God's Word says, and that's where so many people fall down today. Now, again, it's good for us to say our unbelief does not overthrow the faithfulness of God, and God cannot deny himself. So that's, it's good to kind of couch at all that and say all that, but many people today in the united states of america believe in god but when god says uh, get him, uh living with one another before marriage is wrong well i know that's what god's word says but i'm not sure i go along with that one. okay okay don't believe god got that one on that one okay uh, uh, me, men are not to be gathered together with men in the same way that men and women are gathered together oh yeah i know but that you know that's just kind of old foggy kind of stuff taught there Okay, don't believe God. Got that one on that one. Do you follow where I'm saying? So God told them there were giants over there in the land, right? And, the, and they sent one person from each tribe over there, and they kind of spied out the land. And, uh, boy, they came back with a with a thing of grapes that was so big from one of the vineyards over there in Canaan. Land. It took two men on a pole to tote that thing of grapes in uh, back, back to the children of Israel. Man, they came, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, It's a beautiful land. There's gardens and vineyards and everything already planted. It's, it's right for the taking, guys. Well, that was two of the twelve. But the other ten came back and said, uh, Yeah, there's a lot of good things over there, but there's walled cities and there's giants over there. We don't think we need to, to go over there and do that. Now, so God had told them he would give them the land. But they said, no, we don't think we can take the land. So in essence, they said, we don't believe God's able to give it to us. All right. So they believe they believed in God, but they didn't believe God. And so because of their unbelief, they didn't enter in. All right. So I've now given you all the short, short version of those things. Uh, He said now, so we'll just skip over to where do I want to skip to. <clears throat> let's just let's go into this we'll read it real quick uh hebrews 3 and 8 harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of of temptation in the wilderness the 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 bible terminology for the day that they said they didn't believe god they provoked god they provoked god to anger <laughs> because uh boy i'm telling you uh uh, you know, uh, I know, I know Laura and Alan's here. You know, future parents might be here. You know, some other young ladies, you know, things lie ahead in the future. For, and my brother Rodney and, and others, you know, might be might be out there one of these days. Adam and Emily's not here. Uh, but you listen to what's said. The response. Daddy told them to do something. They said, nah, I don't think so. <clears throat> and it provoked Daddy... To anger, he got he got mad at them because they didn't do what he said do. Now, uh, obviously, that's not an unbiblical response. <laughs> now, it didn't say get mad and lose control. Okay, so he didn't lose control that day. They provoked him, uh, so uh, he says, "Okay, you know I don't not going to enter in today. It's okay. You're going to wander in the wilderness for the next forty years." Well, when you go back and read the Old Testament story about this, what you'll find over there is once God told them they were going to spend the next 40 years in the wilderness, uh, the the children of Israel says, I think we need to go over there and try to conquer that land. Well, the problem was they needed to have gone the day God told them to go. And they they went the next day. The next day they said, okay, we're going. They were utterly whipped from one end to the other because God didn't go with them. And they spent the next 40 years in the wilderness. Uh, And so unbelief cost them 40 years of joy. Unbelief cost them the lives of many of their loved ones who all those above age of 19, 19 and above, I think is the correct terminology, all those 19 and above except for Joshua and Caleb died in the wilderness in that 40 years. Now God God was not just, you know, you say, oh, boy, that sure was tough. Yeah, you know it was tough. But you know what also happened during that time? Their clothes didn't fail. Their shoes didn't fail. God gave them water when they needed it, and He gave them manna to eat when they needed it. God took care of them over there, but they were constantly provoking. They were constantly murmuring. They were constantly. And, and God just kept showing them, you know, on, on, on the time where they, they made accusation against Abraham, uh, uh, Moses and Aaron. Uh, uh, Korah's family. You'll read about Cora and his family over in the New Testament. Well, you read about them in the Old Testament. He, they got to making accusations against Moses and Aaron because y'all are just trying to be boss and run this thing. And we think we ought to have part of it. And God said, "Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all think y'all need to be running things?" Okay, I want all your family to stand up in front of your tents uh, that are camped around camped around the, ta- the tabernacle there. Just go stand in front of your tents. Yep. Okay, everybody there earth opened up, swallowed him up. He said, anybody else now want to revolt against God? You know, I mean, so you go back and look at the Old Testament. You say, man, sometimes it seems like when we read the Word of God, God says... Don't you know? Don't commit adultery. Don't do this. No, boys. God sure is hard. He ain't swallowed up the. He ain't opened up the earth and swallowed anybody up lately that I know of. Uh, I think uh, I think we're in a new era of of mercy and grace today in which we're living. But anyway, uh, y'all know I'm kind of just just joke. Gosh, Lord, I'm just joking a little bit. Okay, so <laughs> uh, so as we're so as we're looking through the Word of God, unbelief has consequences to you and me. Now, it doesn't have eternal consequences, but it can affect our enjoyment of things right here and now. So he says, uh, They provoked me for forty years in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work for forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. There's a rest for the children of God this side of the heavenly rest. There's a rest and a peace and a joy that you get from worshiping and knowing God. And oh, you know, you ladies may not know, you give me, you know, the, the uh, 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 an afternoon sermon. There was a lot of joy and comfort in uh, yesterday when the ladies got together and saw, Hey, we just can have a lot of fun each other with each other in a good godly way, and we can all help each other and do some things. There's a rest for God's people this side. Oh, boy. Sometimes you you get to enjoy some of that rest of the couple of hours and you forget all about some of the other things that are going on in life, right? And So there's a rest for God's people here in this world. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. In departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold... The beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end there if you're going to enjoy the kingdom here, there's a steadfastness that you've got to hold on to here. Don't take that and do what a lot of people try to do with that and say if you don't hold steadfast then you ain't going to get there no that's not you're not going to prevent God from doing the work that he accomplished on the cross, but if you don't hold steadfast here can cause you much sorrow, trouble, and problems. And the example over and over and over again of problems and troubles through through rebellion, disobedience, and unbelief goes back to the... Children of Israel in the wilderness, time and time and time again in the Scripture, they're held up as our examples. Uh, you know, don't get me started down that trail, don't guess, but I'll just say this real quick. You know, today, a lot of people who are critical of the Bible say, well, well, uh, well in the Old Testament, things worked, things were done this way or something did that way, and this man had multiple wives and all these kinds of... These people don't understand that God's Word is, is written to be our example Every example of life is not something you need to do. Uh, many examples of life are pinned down of things don't do. David was a wonderful example of many things both to do and to not do in our life. But you need to know God's Word to rightly divide and understand. So, uh, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfastly. And while it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation for some when they had heard did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Mo not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was gr- was he grieved forty years, Was it not them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom uh, swear he that they should not enter into his west rest, but them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Today in, in this kingdom, and, and I'll, I'll skip on to cross over some things uh, at the end of this fourth chapter to bring this to a close. But I'll just say this. Today, if you're going to enjoy the peace and comfort of God in your life, belief will help you enter into that peace, joy, and comfort. And hearing the Word of God and being obedient and obeying the Word of God. Uh, when God says we need to do something, that, that is exactly what we need to be up and about about doing, and so uh, many. Uh, and I also think it points out to us today. Uh, and I don't know that you can you could write this or pin this down. You know, like, but but God obviously held what He thought what what God's terminology adults, age nineteen above, He held them responsible. Uh, and in fact, they're the ones whose carcasses fell in the wilderness because of unbelief. Uh, so. Uh, and Joshua and Caleb didn't because they were only two of the spies that came back and said, let's go get this thing and do it and do it now. So, uh, if we turn over then to the end of the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, he says, uh, seeing that we have a great high priest talking about Jesus Christ that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but in all points was tempted like as we are. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain grace and mercy for our time of need. So uh, if, you're, if you're looking what, uh, what belief will do for you, uh, belief will help you enjoy the kingdom here. Uh, unbelief will not keep you from enjoying heaven's fair world, but unbelief will hinder you. And enjoying the blessings that God has for you, and unbelief is defined as not uh, not hearing and following the Word of God in your lives. And so, uh, I hope some of that will just, if, it, if nothing else, good lesson to maybe clarify some things for you. If you've had any confusion on that in your mind, then uh, hopefully this will help help you see it through. Uh, that. Unbelief is not the unpardonable sin, uh, but it can be a very hindering sin to your godly life in this old world in a fellowship with God and God's people. May God bless you as our prayer.